did you guys watch that shit show last night? I mean, I personally didn't want to watch the debate. But my wife was looking for entertainment. And see, I'm a patriot. Like, I'm a lot of things. I'm a hypocrite. I'm petty. Um, I'm probably the pettiest person I know. I, I will wear it like a badge of honor. Um, but that debate was the most embarrassing, un-American thing I've ever witnessed in my life. And that there's a lot to be said about that. I'm forever going to remember where I was on September 29th listening to two geriatric asshats talk for an hour and a half or interrupt one another. And It's embarrassing to me that we even have to have these tribalistic conversations because I'm co- constantly using that word. But people are... Are monkeys. Chris Wallace, the moderator of that debate, is probably the most centric person that's going to interview these two candidates throughout this entire election cycle. And Trump couldn't handle it. See, the reason why people who have worked for Trump from the beginning of his presidency in 2017 to now, the reason why they're getting fired or quitting their jobs is because Trump is a hard man to work for. You take any conservative who voted for that man and you put him to work, working directly with Donald Trump, I guarantee you they don't end up liking that guy nine times out of ten. You have to have a certain kind of vigor to handle his ignorance. I'll get to Joe Biden in a minute. But it is fair to assume, listening to that conversation and that debate, that Donald Trump was emphatically incapable and undisciplined and was incapable of letting Biden talk. All he had to do was shut up. All he had to do was shut up. And he couldn't do it. Somehow, within all of that, we have this epiphany watching it. I My heart was in my throat. I'm sitting there listening to Donald Trump just go on and on and on and on about what he's done for this country without articulating a single fact or shred of detailed evidence, making generalities throughout the entire debate. There was a time, folks, when we required our candidates to at least present some empirical data, some data to the table, and it makes sense. Neither one of the candidates did that last night. 
For the last four years, if anything about Donald Trump's presidency that you need to know is that a monkey can run this government. It really can. He has run on deregulation and lower taxes for the last four years, and it has caused the economy to boom. But he hasn't really done much other than be a divisive figure, and that's where Democrats are winning the argument. And there you go. Joe Biden, in my humble opinion, won that debate by default. Because he had to clear a very, very, very low bar to win that, to to win. And Trump let him exceed the bar by simply not talking. Trump did all of it for him. And I know that lovers of Donald Trump They are going to continue to vote for Trump no matter what. I have no problem with that. You die on that hill. That's fine. Don't question anything. Just die on that hill and support Trump blindly. Because Biden is the worser option. That's that's your argument. Okay, die on that hill. But... That was not Chris Wallace's fault last night. Quit blaming Chris Wallace for Donald Trump being a complete vindictive prick on live television. Occupying the most important job on the planet. And he makes a mockery out of it every time he talks. I'm sorry, but if you defend him blindly like that and want to blame Chris Wallace, I'm sorry. But you are being a tribalist person who is siding with Trump because that's your man and you're going to die on that hill. But Trump, I'm sorry, he has tainted the office. He has tainted it. He is embarrassed. It was embarrassing. Watching both of those men stand before us on television... It was a goddamn embarrassment. And Trump was the leader of such an embarrassment. He lasted all but three minutes of being civil in that debate. And then he went on and began to talk about basically nothing for the rest of his time. Listen, he's done a lot of policy in three and a half years. But he couldn't even articulate it to you. Because he's old. Because he's not organized. Because he's a gunslinger. And he doesn't think before he talks. What he should have done was while Biden's talking, write down what he says. But he wasn't doing that. There was no writing down of information. There was just bullshit coming out of both their mouths. And to Biden who couldn't keep a coherent sentence during the entire debate. I swear he had a seizure on the an embolism on the goddamn camera. Did anybody see his eye just twitch? Like it literally shut in the middle of him talking. 
I don't know if it's true or not, but there are rumors that Joe Biden asked for 30 minutes after 30 minutes that he get a break. They denied him it. He didn't want to talk. Neither one of these candidates did a good job. People on the right said that it was deplorable that Trump didn't disavow Nazis and neocons and people on the far right and told them not to attack anything. But Biden wouldn't disavow Antifa, said that they're not a people, it's a it's an ideology, which is false. When asked if he was going to load the court by adding two more Supreme Court justices, he wouldn't answer that question because he didn't want it to be the piece that wins the election for Trump. But we all know that he wants to load the court. Neither one of these candidates is healthy. And that's why my endorsement for president was Rand Paul or Tulsi Gabbard. They were both competent, younger, well-achieved, well-educated people who are capable of having conversations with the people. They are patriots of this country. And they're normal, even-headed people. That matters. And we have two geriatrics over the age of 70 that are running for president. I'm going to spend five more minutes and then I'm going to get off here. There needs to be a complete change in how we perceive politics in America. And the first thing is Exhibit A, and that is lobbying. I think it's obvious that Biden's had over 100 million dollars in campaign endorsements the biggest thing he could have done is donate every single one of those dollars to Planned Parenthood that's how much it costs to fund it annually from the federal government he would have been a martyr and a hero had he won that and somehow he's still pocketing all this money and flooding Facebook and Twitter and all these different advertising ploys it's embarrassing. On the other hand, Trump, he gets his money in the form of flying Air Force One directly into the airport, into an airfield, and having these rallies, stirring up the base, using taxpayers' dollars, so he's effectively getting free campaign money. And as we go further into this, how do we fix this tribal burning down of cities and everything else? You do that by giving people some form of representation. Back when our founding fathers wrote the Constitution, the president and vice president, president effectively was elected. The vice president was the counterparty's representation for the presidency. So a Republican or a Democrat president, and, a, and it was the exact opposite. So a Republican president, v Democrat vice president. A bipartisan ticket, if you will. And I don't necessarily agree with that because we have people like Bernie Sanders, who's a complete shitbag. Or AOC, who's a complete shitbag. Or Joe Biden, who's a complete shitbag. Or Donald Trump, who's a complete shitbag. But... There needs to be, in the Republican and Democrat parts of those parties, five subcategories underneath it. 
you're not going to give us two-party systems, give us five represent representatives who start in January, who are selected by their party. So, Tulsi Gabbard would probably be a centric liberal, progressive. You probably have Bernie Sanders, who's a socialist, or AOC, who's a, who's a Marxist. You would have people within five different silos of that party run for office. Not 13, not 20, no muddying up the water, just a clean start at five. Okay? And that goes for the Republicans, too. From the Reagan types who are pro-capitalist to the moderate centrics to the libertarians, they would all have their own party, a silo, if you will, represented within the Republican faction. You'd have effectively 10 candidates to start at any given time. So, until you get to Iowa, they debate, they have conversations, they argue. And once you get to Iowa, somebody drops off. Once you get to Texas, someone drops off. Once you get to Arizona, somebody drops off. Then you're down to two. And you wait until July to have a party debate between the two. And then you do another elect. You, you do your final campaign until you get to the final states where they decide that candidate for president. Then we have our debates in late September between the Republican standing president or Democrat standing president and the other other person. And whoever wins the election has to pick one of those five candidates from the opposing party. You don't have to pick the guy that was vice president, but you have to pick one of those five. That's your vice president. That's the way we balance this out and have real conversation and real reform about things. We get rid of the campaign contributions from big donors. We make it lean, clean, and organized so everybody understands how the election process works. And we don't put so much damn pressure on the executive branch anymore. We actually put it on the people to... Give some diversity of thought into the process. And you might actually thin out these hardcore progressives because they feel disenfranchised. So they're so far to the left that there's nobody that they can relate to, right? There's your problem. There's your rub. So with that, tell me what you think. I, I, I really do believe that that debate was disgusting. It's the worst I've ever seen. I don't know if it's going to get any better, but in order for it to get better, we have to start talking about reforming of our elections in a way that's not so crazy that we're tearing up our Constitution. Have a good day. Everybody love everybody.